This is the South Bend Beat Podcast, presented by Alpha Dog Agency. This week on South Bend Beat, we have Jarvier Bourne, who's a South Bend police officer. Uh, he's been a police officer in South Bend since 2013, and we talk about his current assignment with the Strategic Focus Unit, uh, which is aimed toward reducing violence in the city and uh, violent crime. Uh, so we kind of get into that, his background, how he became a police officer, and we, of course, wrap up with some answer the internet questions and just some random questions that I feel like everyday people would ask police officers. So here is Jarvier Born. Enjoy. Jarvier, what's up? How you doing? Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. So you walked in and, I mean, you're, you're in full outfit. You got the vest on and everything. It's a little intimidating. Mm. Nah, it ain't too intimidating. I'm a nice guy. You are a nice guy. Yeah. So we had, shortly after you came in, another one of our friends uh, that we actually played basketball with um, popped in here. And I made the joke that you're my personal security team. <laughs> so if you want to look like this and just follow me around and I can tell people you're my security, that would be fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about that. That's <laughs> a lot of time consuming. You might be going to a lot of different places. I can give you like six bucks an hour. Ooh, that's a little light. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, uh... So you're with the South Bend Police Department. We're going to get into that a uh, little bit more specifically. Um, so where are you originally from? Are you from here? No, I'm originally from Michigan City. Okay. So about 40 minutes yeah. to the west of here. So So what yeah. brought you to South Bend? Uh, South Bend, I wanted to, uh, I knew I wanted to be a police officer. I knew I wanted to work somewhere bigger than my hometown. It's not too big over there. But still, go Wolves. I'm a Michigan City guy, but uh, yeah, I want to uh, go somewhere a little bit bigger. I did a little research in uh, South Bend. It decided to be the place for me. So you say you always wanted to know a police officer. So it's like, I, I'd say it's like most little boys are like, I want to be a police officer. And then you have another transition. And then you actually do want to be a police officer. Mm-hmm. At what point did you actually know, like, I legit do want to be okay, a police officer? Uh, me personally, I wasn't really like, you know, the normal guy saying, hey, from the age of eight years old, I want to be a police officer. It wasn't really like that for me. Uh, it kind of came to me when I was in high school. Uh, you know, everybody's starting to put in their college a- applications and everything. You know, I'm sitting back. I didn't really know what I want to do. You know, got decent grades, not too great, but I knew I liked communicating with people. I knew that. I like to instill respect on people, and I just felt like police officer would be something for me. I had some positive um, interactions with police officers uh, coming up, and just being able to relay respect to different people, that was huge for me, and I felt like I would be able to do that with being a police officer. So you say when you were younger, you had positive um, interactions with other police officers, and uh, you know that played a big role in you wanting to be a police officer. When you're out in the streets now, is that something that you keep in mind? Like, uh, you know, police officers made me want to choose this career path, and maybe they're looking at you for the same thing. Yes, yes, and uh, that's for me. That's not even necessarily for a police officer. 
uh, it's a lot of adults. You don't realize uh, any small interaction you have with a child or someone that's outside of your profession that leaves a big impact on them going forward. You being in that profession, you might forget about that interaction. But if I pick up a basketball and go to the King Center, shoot a couple hoops with a kid, I may forget that afternoon at specific time. But that kid's going to remember that. He's going to go tell his other friends. He's going to tell his family members what happened to him today because it's just something different for him. So for me personally, yes, I, you know, that's one of the best parts of the job for me is just to you know, pretty much let people in the community know, hey, I'm a person too. It's a lot of stuff that you do that I would like to do as well. And, you know, just because I have this uniform on doesn't mean that we can't communicate on that level. So what year was your first year on the force? 2013. 2013. So take us through um, kind of like your career path, I guess, from post high school all the way up until when you did join the force. I assume there were some things in the middle there. It wasn't a straight line. Yeah. Uh, what did that look like? Okay. Uh, Post high school, I went to Vincennes University. I received a degree in law enforcement. Uh, once I was done there, I knew I wanted to be a police officer, so I wanted to keep going with the career path. So from that point, I worked at Westfield Correctional Facility. I uh, worked there for a little under three years. I stayed involved. There were like some emergency teams that you get on and everything. So would that be as like a CO? Uh, yes, yeah, okay. correctional officer. So, so, so that's a little different, huh? Yeah, it's a little different. Uh, I uh, was in charge of an administrative idle unit, so it was literally me to 78 offenders. So if you just kind of look at that, me being, you know, at the young age of 21, you know, getting thrown in with all these offenders, it's, you got to grow up quick. Mm -hmm. And respect is a key thing, and it goes for everybody, so... That's what you got to go by. But so from Westville, um, I stayed there, like I said, a little under three years. And then I just knew for me it was time. You know, at 24, I decided, hey, I'm going to go ahead and apply to South Bend. And from that point, I got the job. So I've been here for a little over six years and plan on being here a lot longer. So so what does the when you say, OK, I'm going to be a police officer, whether it's South Bend or another city. What do, what, what do those first steps look like? Like, what does it take to actually be accepted into that role? Well, usually you uh, have to fill out a pretty extensive application. You know, you're letting them know everything. So no secrets. Let them know everything <laughs> up front. Whatever you did, put it all out there. And you, uh, you do a written test. You do a physical agility. You do an oral interview. Uh, then from there, they do a background phase, and then you do the polygraph, Jeez. psychological exam. You have any tips on how to beat a polygraph? No. No, no tips. not going to happen? No tips. <laughs> Can't beat one. <laughs> but uh, so from there, uh, after you get all of that completed, then if you they choose to hire you, then you have to go down to the academy for 15 weeks. And... I mean, are you able to give us much insight into what those 15 weeks look like? I mean, I assume it's not a whole a whole lot of fun. But. Well, it's a, it's a lot of learning. But, yeah, the first few weeks, of course, the people there, they're trying to break you down, trying to see, you know, if you're going to quit or something. Is there like. a decent dropout rate in those 15 weeks? Um, I don't know the rate specifically. We lost a few, but it's a lot of mental toughness, yeah. I can say, for that. So when you get the – then you get the job, you're a South Bend police officer – uh, is there a typical 
like kind of first beat you get assigned to or first assignment that you do? Uh, not necessarily. Uh, when you first get on, they kind of put you through. You you have your academy. So from there, they kind of let you know department guidelines. You go through our department pre-basic course. You kind of learn everything around the city. Uh, from that, you start a uh, field training. So the field training goes from 15 weeks or so. Uh, and you're pretty much put with field training officers, and that's how you're able to learn the city in different beats. So you're not just literally put in one spot. They kind of throw you around so that way you could get a feel for the whole city. That was actually beneficial for me because, like I said, I'm not from here. Right. So any streets or shortcuts, I didn't know. I'm, I was taking the long way everywhere. So, But, yeah, that, that, that's pretty much it from there. And then after you complete your field training, then that's when you could go ahead and then you're on your own, and then still you're kind of the fill-in guy. You're new, someone else isn't there, you're filling in for their beat, shifts, you yeah. know, so on and so forth. So I've mentioned to you, I, I, have a, I have a cousin that's a police officer, a friend that's a police officer. The friend was in New Orleans, uh, cousin was down by Indy. Um, South Bend's kind of in the middle as far as population on those. One question I always have is, like, you said you were getting to know the city. Mm -hmm. It seems like police officers, like, you can just say corner of whatever and whatever. And you're there. You don't – how long did it take you to get that down to where you knew as soon as it came in over the radio, okay, I'm getting there? Or is there is there like literal GPS that you guys use? Well, yeah, some, some officers could use GPS. Uh, but typically if you get assigned to a side of town and to a beat, you kind of know that beat Pretty by quickly. the back of your hand. Yeah. You know, you can say a, a intersection or something like that, and you wouldn't even have to look at your map. If they say an address, you'll pretty much know where you're going, but – uh, me not being from here, it took me, you know, a couple years to get to that in my specific beat. But I worked on the northwest side of town, so I would say three years completely. Like any street on that side of town, cross street or something, you know, we could figure it out pretty quick. That's real cool. Uh, so what has your role evolved into with the South Bend Police Department? What is your role currently? Uh, currently, I'm a member of our strategic focus unit. Um, I was a patrol officer, like I said, northwest side of South Bend before, but now I'm assigned to the strategic focus unit, and we kind of deal with uh, reducing gun violence and violent crimes within the city. Okay, um, which obviously has been a hot-button issue now with, uh, you know, our, our, I guess, still current mayor, uh, but Mayor Pete, who's now running for president, uh, South Bend's getting a lot of pub, and then um, when James Mueller was running, something he mentioned a lot, and wanting to work hand-in-hand -hand with the police. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, it. what does, like, a typical day, I guess, look like for you uh, doing that? Uh, well, typical day, I would say, you know, we come in and we kind of just get our objective for the day, and we go from there uh it, it's kind of like we're focused in on whatever's going on in the city uh so is that more of a prevention thing rather than a reaction type thing yeah pretty much what we're implementing is the uh the group violence intervention okay so that's pretty much what our so you said group violence intervention yes okay so what is the group violence intervention okay group violence intervention it's a strategy it's uh it's designed to reduce gun violence and violent crimes okay um we partner is law enforcement, community members, and also social services. So once we can identify the people that's kind of keeping up all the crimes, mm -hmm. we have a real conversation with them. We just let them know, hey, we want you to be a valued member to, of the community, 
but the violence that you or your group or your gang might be doing, we need it to stop. So we offer these people. So you're having these conversations face to face. Yeah, we yeah, uh, wow. yeah, because uh, me and a unit, me and another guy, we kind of specialize in the group violence intervention. So we have these conversations uh, with uh, members of the community that, that kind of have this stuff going on. So we let them know, hey, we want you to be a member of the community. You know, we want the violence to stop. Uh, then we try to offer them some help. Okay, so uh, right now the social service that I mentioned, Goodwill, they're uh, good people over there, uh, save team. Uh, they're able to help people get jobs, any barriers that they have going forward in their life. If it's uh, a license, uh, paying child support, finishing a college education, they're able to get with these people and try to knock down those barriers if they want that help. Um, pretty much if they don't want the help, we let them know, hey, if your group or your gang becomes the spotlight we call it the spotlight if you're in the spotlight in the city then all law enforcement actions towards your group you'll get no breaks because we need the violence to stop mm -hmm. so everybody's on board prosecutor's office county everybody comes in and let the people know that we want this to stop so it is a proactive approach you know rather than you know, just kind of waiting for things to happen. You guys are trying to get in front of it and, you know, come up with the solutions. Right. Um, so you, speaking back to you specifically, um, you said it's mostly gun violence and violent crime. So on your day-to-day, -day, you're really not going to be involved with, like, burglaries or, uh, I guess, maybe domestic violence that don't, that, 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 that isn't, like, extremely violent would be considered a violent crime you're more focused specifically on your task correct and okay. uh and with those crimes you kind of mentioned if those individuals that are involved with the uh, gun violence and stuff if they get involved with those kind of crimes we also come in on them on that so it's like a we're not really assigned to cases per se kind of you know just the people that are right involved with those things so so if someone that maybe um you know like some kind of gang or affiliation that you've been working on if they have an issue with like because domestic violence can very e easily be you know considered a violent crime mm -hmm. um whether it's one of the 50 calls of the day i'm sure it's layered all the way from one to 50 uh, but if it's a burglary or anything that they're involved you can still go get involved because you've been working that for a while right okay um so how big is your team that you do that with? Um, and how, how long have you been doing this, I guess? I, me personally, that. yeah, me personally, I've been involved with this a little over a year now. So I'm kind of the newbie to the group. Oh, really? Yeah. But uh, as far as the, the whole team together, I would say it's about 12 to 15 of us that's focused okay. in on that. And is anyone more fresh than you? Are you the newest one? The newest one. Really? Yep. At over a year? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, yes, before we move on to kind of like your personal story and a little bit more about you, um, what are a couple of things that stand out about being a police officer in South Bend that, uh, uh, I mean, you enjoy or maybe that you weren't expecting? Uh, enjoy, like kind of how I went in earlier as far as the 
the interaction with the community, just mm-hmm. having respect for people. Like I'm the type of guy that if the police are there, I want to explain to you why we're doing what we're doing. Uh, it's a lot of times people, they, they want to hear why, you know, they want to have that interaction. People want to have, ex- have things explained to them of why, why did you do what you did? Right. You know, even Some if it comes, yeah, just yeah. even if it comes to a traffic stop, you yeah. know, just like, hey, I pulled you over for X, Y, and Z. This is what I'm doing. You know, you need to provide this or whatever. You know, so it's just that, you know, educating people, like I said, that aren't from your specific field about what you do on a day to day basis. I really enjoy that, and just uh, especially when I was in my beat, just interacting with the children. Uh, shooting basketball hoops with them, find a court outside, just just talking to people, you know, that's that's the thing. This is definitely a people person profession. And yeah, I mean and to be a good police officer, I think most police officers say it, it is a part of sales because people have to like you. I mean you can't just go in there and like be a dick to somebody and, you know, expect them to have respect. So like you said, being able to actually explain things and not um and actually do give details on why you're there. Uh, what may bring you back again <laughs> um, is important. And you mentioned seeing kids in the community and such. Uh, do you get much opportunity to either you? I know you mentioned like uh, with Croc or Martin Luther King Center and stuff like Luther that. Do you get to go to like schools or anything as, uh, very much? Uh, me personally, I don't usually get a chance to go to schools. But when I was on afternoons, by the time uh, we come on two o'clock, schools are pretty much wrapping up. Mm-hmm. So uh, for me, it was like, you know, see kids out walking from their buses or yep. anything like that or like i said going up to the king center uh their after school program communicating with the kids talking to them just so they know who i am yep. you know if i'm working that beat you know i'm because you want them comfortable coming yeah, to you as well exactly i assume that's a pretty big part mm-hmm. of it all right so let's talk about you personally a little bit uh i mean when you i can answer some of this but when you aren't working what are you doing? So we know each other a little bit because we play basketball. Right. I mean, I just give you buckets every no, time we no, play. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. First team on defense. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> you are very good. Def- actually, very good defender, very good rebounder. Did you? You are a very good rebounder. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. So other than basketball, uh, we do get to play basketball when we can. Uh, what are some other things you do when you're off the clock? All right, off the clock. Yeah, I mean, staying in that realm a little bit. Uh, I like to work out try to run i see you run right yeah one of those crazies yeah crazy just is like long distances i i try um you know i i lost a bunch of weight before i got on the department from running so that's one thing i know that works so it works but it's hard yeah (laughs) (laughs) as long as you got a good playlist you'll be fine but uh yeah that you know mess around with video games every once in a while what kind of video games hit me 2K. 2K? Yeah. <laughs> Is it mostly all 2K? Oh, yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, I play that Call of Duty a little bit, not too much. But, uh, yeah, besides that, just, you know, a normal person. On you 2K, know. do you, like, play live or you do Do you like to, like, build the teams? I do the like live. Like franchise mode. You go live? Yeah. yeah. yeah you we, pretty good? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty yeah, good. Okay. <laughs> At least you're honest. Yeah. Uh, what's the furthest distance you've run without stopping, obviously? Um... I'm sure it's probably like somebody listening. Like, have you done a 5K or half marathon or anything like no that? No half. That's what I'm going to try this year. I, I, the longest I ran was a 6.2. I did a couple 10Ks without stopping. That's my goal is just to not stop. So maybe this year I'll try a half. Why? 
<laughs> to say I did it. Maybe I could get one of them cool stickers so, to put yeah. on the back of my car. Put on the back of your car. <laughs> yeah. Do you do you um do you get in now with your new role? It may be less so, but do you get in many uh, foot pursuits? Um, because there the endurance would come in pretty handy. Yeah, I'm I'm like the pace car. I just yeah. keep them in sight. Okay. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we uh we still no matter where you at in law enforcement, you could still run into those. You can uh, you know, just be driving home or something like that and pull somebody over, and that might be what they decide to do that yeah. day. But yeah, and you're running. Yep, running, yeah. equipment and all. And yeah, you're at a real disadvantage. I mean, seeing you right here with all this equipment, it's like running with a weight vest on. Yeah. So that you, you guys have to outsmart probably rather than, cause I mean, they probably have a little bit of adrenaline running for their lives, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So they, uh, let's, um, let's talk about advice for, because I know, so the South Bend police department's always looking for um, mm. new talent yes. and new help. Um, if a listener is listening to this, maybe if it's even a younger listener, that would be a few years off. Mm-hmm. Uh, you decided at a young age to get into law enforcement. What advice would you have for someone, uh, whether it be younger, maybe a little older, that thinks they might want to get into law enforcement, whether it's on the police officer side, maybe it's on the CO side, just law enforcement in some capacity? Are there a couple points of advice you would have for them? Uh, yeah, the first thing, it's, it's not even really in the profession at all. It would make sure that you relay this information to the people that's around you. Um, with this job, you have to have a strong support system. Uh, you're going to be doing a lot of things, seeing a lot of things. You you might not want to tell them everything, but you're going to need to vent to a certain extent, and you got to make sure that your family's on board with it. It's a it's a lot of days where you might be scheduled to get off at six o'clock, but you might not get home the next day until one o'clock in the morning. You know, and your family needs to understand that they need to be supportive, and you need to be supported supportive of them in their transition as well because you getting a job it's just not you it's your whole family that kind of has to adjust to the the lifestyle I guess I could say but also going forward just uh make sure if you want to be in this you're up front you uh you tell the truth and you train and you're just ready to go you got to treat everybody the same you have to be fair and sometimes you have to be firm but respect is the ultimate key to everything. That word keeps coming up, but mm-hmm. it's it's so true. Respect is everything. And a, a big reason I wanted to have you on the podcast also is I mentioned some of the, uh, you know, with Mayor Pete doing his thing and with new mayor coming in, and the question that gets asked over and over is violence in the city. And a lot of residents are like, well, what's being done? And you can literally answer that on what is being done. Um, with your unit specifically and the uh, group violence intervention, um, you know, positive steps are being taken to kind of curb that. Yes, yes. We're, we're, definitely, we're definitely working. Uh, police officers, we're, most of the time we're kind of seen but not heard. Mm-hmm. So I guess this is a good thing to kind of, you know, let people that may not have known what we're doing exactly what we're doing. Yeah. Awesome. You want to... Uh, you want to get into some questions that are maybe a little bit more fun? Sure. You good? Stick yeah. around for a little oh, bit? Yeah. Um, so I'm looking at you. What what all do you have on, like, your vest or your belt? <clears throat> you got a lot going on. Yep. Well. I can. So I see a badge, radio, yeah. flashlight, 
Yep. Is that your phone? No, body cam. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is my body cam. So, yeah, so we didn't talk. How, how long ago did those become a thing? Uh, I think uh, Patrol kind of pushed them out. It was in July of okay. 17, I believe. I'm not sure on that, but, yeah, I had it for since I've been on Patrol, though. How's that been? Fine. Yeah. I don't I don't mind it. That's what I, I mean, pretty much every police officer I ask about it, they're like, doesn't change my job. No. I'm doing the job best of my abilities. Get done what get done. No. Only it's, it's bigger than I thought it'd be. Yeah. It's like si- full size of a phone. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty much is a phone. It looked like to me, but I'm not the technology guy. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I don't mind it. The only thing, I just get nervous about going to the bathroom. You got to make sure it's <laughs> off. But uh, that's it. I mean, it's fine. When it's on your person, is it running? Or is it only when you're on the clock? Um. Well. What I'm asking is, is it running right now? No, it's okay. not <laughs> No, it's not running. Because right. I'm not wearing a shirt while we record this. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Okay. Uh, yeah, you got you got a lot going on, and you have um, you, how many radios do you have on you? Uh, well, yeah, this is a wireless radio we have. So the mic's up here, and then uh, oh, radios on my you. belt. So besides that, you know, gun, taser, you know, you carry pepper spray. Uh, it's usually in my car. Yeah. Yeah, I keep it right on the door. Did you have to get pepper sprayed? Yes. How was that? <laughs> do you have to get? Do you have to get the stun gun too? Yeah. Which one taser. was worse? See, I'm in. I'm in a minority. Uh, uh, taser and pepper spray were both horrible experiences. <laughs> I love how quite <laughs> honest you are. But you said you're honest. <laughs> the taser lasts about five seconds. Mm-hmm. Me personally, I think I would rather get sprayed though. Really? So yeah. you would say most officers would say getting tased? Yeah. Yes, because five seconds then, and it's, then it's over. over. Pepper spray is about a good 20, Are you serious? 30 minutes. And then if you go to the bathroom again, take a shower, it reactivates it, opening your pores again. Is there, a, is there like at the beginning of it, like you can't see it all? Uh, well, you don't really want to open your eyes. See, that's what would freak me out <laughs> is not being able to see. You only have to do that once, though, each, right? Yeah, one okay. time, but, well. <laughs> that was enough. I got it at the prison, too. Oh, you did? So. <laughs> Yeah, so one time for whatever you're doing, I guess. Uh, have you ever been stuck on an elevator? No. Yeah, I know that's an odd question, but never? No. Oh, okay. Would you be all right if you were? How long? 20 minutes. Yeah, I'd be fine. Yeah? Yeah, I'd be fine. As long as the walls don't start moving in on me. Do you guys ever get calls from people, or does that always get routed to the fire station? Uh, I personally haven't got one of anybody stuck on an elevator. That probably would be more of a firefighter fire thing. Yeah. Um, do you watch like live PD or cops? Um, not too much. I mean, a buddy of mine that went through the academy, he's on live PD now. So, Is he really? Yeah, In what city? Uh, Lawrence. Yeah. So every once in a while, I kind of see what he got going <laughs> on, but for the most part, no. I kind of try to stay away from. Too many cop shows when I'm off. When so let's talk. Let's shift it then to like fiction. Mm-hmm. Are there any TV shows or movies that are even remotely accurate? Well, the one the one police show that I do enjoy watching is that new one called The Rookie. Some of the stuff, oh, I've seen, yeah, yeah some of the stuff is okay, but just the uh, constant drama that they have every yeah. single day and shoot at night. Not nah, really a thing. Nah. <laughs> um, I know some police officers I've talked to, what they said when they appreciate when they watch fiction is when they can have like the actors 
like uh, hold the firearms correctly. Yeah, rather. Yeah, you already. Yeah. yeah. So people aren't doing it like Charlie's Angels. Yeah, thing, yeah. Holding it above their they're head like that, that. They're like that's a small detail that goes a long way if they <laughs> actually hold it correctly. Yeah. Um, let's do some answer the internet questions. Would you rather be hairless or never be able to cut your hair? Hairless. You'd rather be hairless? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, that would get. Yeah. That means you lose the beard, though, too. Yeah. Okay. I, I could do without okay. it. <laughs> do you think Gronk could throw someone like Adam Schefter's size over a goalpost? No. Really? Mm-mm. Okay. Um... Would you rather wear winter clothes in the summer or summer clothes in the winter? Like, do you run hot or run cold? Winter. Say that one more time. So all bundled up all summer or like T-shirt and shorts all winter? All bundled up all summer. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'd be burning. I'd go with a T-shirt and shorts in the well, winter. At least, at least you could still operate that way. If you're, if you're just cold, yeah, you start to get numb. You can't yeah. move. So you... um. Do you have like a standard, I guess, uh, uniform you wear like when it gets colder? Or there's like standard jackets and stuff you can put on? Or you put on like the Under Armour underneath or anything? Yeah, people could get jackets, but pretty much how you see me is what I typically really? wear. Really? Always? Yeah, just... About gloves. Yeah, I'll get gloves and yeah. just throw a hat on, but this is typically... I still want to be able to move around mm-hmm. and everything. You put too many layers on, you can't move. Um... Do you, in your opinion, say you're going out uh, on a first date, can you use a gift card, or is that? Ooh, <laughs> don't let her see you using that's the what, gift that's card. That's what they said last week too. <laughs> so as long as you're sneaky with yeah. it, you can use it. Yeah, wait until she go to the bathroom, then <laughs> pop out the gift card. If you could wake up tomorrow, fifty years in the future or the past, which one would you choose? Uh, I would say future. Yeah? Yeah. That could be scary. Yeah. Have you seen Shawshank Redemption? I'm missing pieces. It's like uh, the Brooks was here because he was in jail for 40, 50, 60 years, and he got out, and, like, he couldn't do it. It was just all new. Yeah. You think you could adapt pretty quick? Yeah, I think More I so could. would be so boring to be 50 years ago. Yeah. No cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> would you rather be stuck in Jurassic Park or Jumanji? Jumanji. Yeah? Yeah. You think you'd do all right? Yeah, I'd do fine. I mean, at least I wouldn't have to get worried about getting eaten by a dinosaur. You'd at least have a fighting chance. Yeah, exactly. Jumanji. Um, if you could put any franchise restaurant, so like a chain, in your house, what would you pick? In my house. All right, we need range with this restaurant. That's a, that's a good point. Uh, Let's say... Cheesecake Factory. Wow. So that's a really good answer that I've never heard because their menu is massive. Exactly. You need some range. If you it's can eat something different house. every day for a year. Yep. A different piece of cheesecake every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good answer. I don't think that answer will ever be topped. I can't think of a place with a bigger menu than that. Um, would you rather always have the hiccups or always have a headache? I would say headache. Yeah? Yeah, headache, because at least then you can interact with people and they really not know what's yeah. going on. Hiccups. You're here. not freaking them out? Yeah. Um, there's a, Do you think, so if I said I'd give you a million dollars 
but I have to lock you in a room and you have to physically count to one million. Could you do it? I'm not doing that. No? No. <laughs> I'm not doing that. Yeah. And most people off the top of their head are like, yeah, do it. Like, I don't think you realize no. what that would entail. Um, do you watch game shows at all? Mm, I'm not sure. Here and there, you know, if just you flipping to, through the If chain. you had to win one to stay alive, which one would you pick? Uh, to stay alive? Yeah. Your life depends on it. Family Feud. Family Feud. Yeah, uh, yeah that's a good one. <laughs> and do you have the family members that you would take with you in mind, or you'd have to yeah, do some recruiting? I, yeah, I got some. Test them a little I bit. I got some people. Um, let's see how risk adverse you are. There's two buttons. One of them you press and you get a million dollars. And the other one you press, and it's a 50-50 shot at $100 million. Which one are you pressing? <laughs> um, I'll press the second one. The 50-50? Yeah. I figured after you said you wouldn't count to a million for a million mm, bucks. Yeah. You, yeah, you'll go big. Would you rather fight Mike Tyson or have to sound like him the rest of your life? I fight him. You might not sound like anything. But <laughs> your life is yeah. Fine. <laughs> yeah, I gotta give my chances. <laughs> um, would you rather have a rewind or pause button on your life? Rewind. The pause button you can like live in the moment is what I'm saying. Rewind. Rewind. Yeah. Okay. All right. So here's one for a basketball player. So you called yourself a defensive specialist, though. So I don't mm-hmm. know about this question. If you had one free throw. And you make it, you get. I'm gonna up it from a million because apparently you're, you have no interest in a million dollars. <laughs> you make it, you get a hundred million dollars, and if you miss it, you can never send a text message again the rest of your life. Are you shooting? Shooter, shoot. Shooter. Shoot. <laughs> All right. So you're taking that chance. Taking the chance. All right. Um. Would you rather live in the middle of nowhere, Iowa, the swamps of Louisiana? Or the forest of Alaska? Middle of nowhere. Really? Mm-hmm. You go, you're going to Iowa? Yep. Here's one that's not in here, but I ask people sometimes. Um, do you have any affiliation to the state of Ohio? No. Okay. If I gave you a billion dollars, but it said you could never leave the state of Ohio the rest of your life, would you do that? Yeah, we can find out what's good in Ohio. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, you could fly in people all you want. Oh, yeah. You could build your own compound. I mean, yeah. You could probably buy probably the Cavs. You could probably buy the Cavs. They speak majority. I mean, yeah. Own an NBA team. Yeah, change their name to the Pacers. <laughs> so are you a big Pacers fan? Yeah. Uh, how? So do you think they will be a East contender getting Oladipo back? Yeah, I think so. If they like to stay healthy. Pay bike and stay healthy. That Brogdon was a big addition. Yeah. And Sabonis is a monster. Mm-hmm. Miles Turner is kind of falling off, which is. See, I'm going to be a little bit more patient with him. I know a lot of people have been saying that lately, but just his, I mean. it's all People it, also compare him to Sabonis, who's right next yeah. to him. And they're they're believe, two different I people. I believe younger. But, I mean, Sabonis is a monster. Turner's a really good defender, but that doesn't always show up. At yeah. All. The stat sheet. So you think they can compete in the East? Yeah, I think so. Are the Pacers your favorite sports team? Mm-hmm. I would say Pacers, and then after that it would be Colts. See the Indiana theme here. Yeah. <laughs> so that's pretty much my two big 
teams that I'll, you know, if I'm at home, if they're on, I will stop and watch them. You think the Colts have to address the quarterback situation this offseason? Yeah, yeah, they might. I'm sure they will. It, uh, it doesn't look like they're taking I want taking... them to draft Tua. I, I think he'll be there. You think so? I think so. Hey, that'd think, be nice. And they might have to move up a little bit. They have the equity to do it. Mm-hmm. But if you can get them in like the 12 to 16 range, yeah, give me Tua. <laughs> if he gets hurt, he gets hurt. I don't, just had Andrew Luck retire randomly. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll roll the dice on an injury-prone quarterback because yeah. the rest of that roster is nasty. Oh, yeah. Yeah. One question I always had. If you're just like walking around, like uh, you're on the beat doing something, uh, is it cool for people to just come up and be like, I – I appreciate you do, or do you rather they just like kind of keep it moving? No, yeah, that's fine. Uh, we we get those interactions from time to time. Uh, you know, when people are just out and about and they want to come talk to us or, you know, ask us a question. Yeah, I definitely welcome that because ultimately I get to learn one more person in the mm-hmm. community, build one more relationship, and that's what it's all about. And do you get do you get a fair amount of people that are like you're familiar? But I'm not sure where I know you from. So, like, one time we played basketball, and my pastor was there, and he lives on the northwest side mm-hmm. of town. And he's like, I know I've seen you drive around. And he's like, I just wanted to say hi or whatever. Does that happen a lot to where they know you, but maybe they can't put their finger on it? I'm saying when you're in civilian clothes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's all the time. It's uh, That's the thing. We as police officers, we deal with so many people. So I may not remember you, but it's going to be a lot of people. You know, I've been approached at the mall or a grocery store. You know, like you said, same thing. Hey, you look familiar. Do I know, you know, something like that. Or they'll even say, hey, you're a police officer. (laughs) You know, I have to double check and look and see if I'm wearing, like, my uniform, you know. But I'm like, oh, no, you just remembered me. So, but, yeah, we get that a lot, and it's welcomed. I have two more Answer the Internet questions. Okay. Could you beat up Tom Cruise in a fight? Yeah. Yeah? Mm-hmm. I, think, I think you probably could. Take yeah, I could take him. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So this one. Would you rather go into a coma right now and you don't wake up until you're 75 mm. or just die? I think I would do until I'm 75 because I'm sure I would have somebody around me that was watching me during that coma that would be able to tell me a lot of stories so that would be nice to hear before i go out the world yeah that's a i think if the question was changed maybe to like 95 it'd be tougher because then i guess if you have kids they'd still be around but if you don't have kids it's like everyone else might be gone yeah and then you're, yeah, like you're you alive said, and you're 95 it's like right. what now <laughs> yeah if you said everybody's gone then yeah but yeah all right well um I want to thank you for coming by and making time and uh, looking very intimidating and honestly pretty cool when you walked in. <laughs> and uh, the offer stands if you want to do uh, personal security for me. Yeah, we're going to have to work on that I, $6 rate. Well, you know what? <laughs> Your negotiations were solid because since we've started, I'm up to 8 Okay. 8 bucks an hour. <laughs> <laughs> so we can discuss after that. But um, – yeah, so if anybody sees you out, uh, Jarvier out on the street, they can feel free to say hello. Oh, yeah. And uh, we appreciate all the work you're doing, and I appreciate you coming here today. All right. Thank you for having me. I really Everybody appreciate I it. Yep. First, it might seem yeah, like a lot, oh, but yeah. they all play and they roll. Put that on anything that I got, and all I care about is my city, man. I can't say it enough. I done heard things about y'all that they can't say about us. I just hold it down for my side. I just hold it down.